2 Kings chapter 21. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, after the abominations of the nations whom Yahweh cast out before the children of Israel. For he built against the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he raised up altars for Baal, and made Anasherah, as Ahab king of Israel did, and worshipped all the army of the sky, and served them. He built altars in Yahweh's house, of which Yahweh said, I will put my name in Jerusalem. He built altars for all the army of the sky in the two courts of Yahweh's house. And he made his son to pass through the fire, practiced sorcery, used enchantments, and dealt with those who had familiar spirits and with wizards. He did much evil in Yahweh's sight to provoke him to anger. He set the engraved image of Asherah that he had made in the house of which Yahweh had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not cause the feet of Israel to wander any more out of the land which I gave to their fathers. If only they will observe to do according to all that I have commanded them, and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they didn't listen, and Manasseh seduced them to do that which is evil, more than the nations did whom Yahweh destroyed before the children of Israel. Yahweh spoke by his servants and prophets, saying, Because Manasseh king of Judah has done these abominations, and has done wickedly above all that the Amorites did, who were before him, and has also made Judah to sin with his idols, Therefore Yahweh the God of Israel says, Behold, I bring such evil on Jerusalem and Judah, that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. I will stretch over Jerusalem the line of Samaria, and the plummet of Ahab's house, and I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. I will cast off the remnant of my inheritance, and deliver them into the hands of their enemies. They will become a prey and a plunder to all their enemies, because they have done that which is evil in my sight, and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much, until he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another, in addition to his sin, with which he made Judah to sin, in doing that which was evil in Yahweh's sight. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, and all that he did, and his sin that he sinned, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? Manasseh slept with his fathers and was buried in the garden of his own house, in the garden of Uzzah, and Ammon, his son, reigned in his place. Ammon was 22 years old when he began to reign. He reigned two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Haroz of Jotbar. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, as Manasseh his father did. He walked in all the ways that his father walked in, and served the idols that his father served, and worshipped them. And he abandoned Yahweh, the God of his fathers, and didn't walk in the way of Yahweh. The servants of Ammon conspired against him and put the king to death in his own house. But the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah, his son, king in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Ammon, which he did, Aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? He was buried in his tomb in the Garden of Uzzah, and Josiah his son reigned in his 
place. In this chapter, we've got two of the worst kings. Manasseh, I consider to be the worst person in the entire Bible, except possibly Judas is worse. But Judas just did one really bad thing that he wasn't completely clear about. Um, but Manasseh is just vile. Manasseh is the 14th monarch and the 13th king of Judah. And his son, Ammon, was the 15th monarch and the 14th king of Judah. And it said in this chapter, he was worse than all the nations before him. And it says of Ammon, he was just like his father. So these two guys are terrible. In, in, um, in verse 13, it says, the Lord said, I will stretch out over Jerusalem the measuring line that was used against Syria, Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. Now, a plumb line is, you know, when a bricklayer, some of you may not have heard of a plumb line, but when a bricklayer is laying up the bricks, they want the edge to be straight. So they have a string with a weight on the bottom and the string will always go exactly straight down. So they put that on the end to see if the bricks are straight. That's a plumb line. And Jesus, God said here that he would stretch the plumb line that was used against Ahab's house out against Judah. So in other words, the same measurement of judgment that was used against Ahab is now going to be used here. The prophet Amos said this, Amos 7 verse 8. The Lord asked, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. So that plumb line was against Israel. But now, in this chapter, the Lord says, the plumb line of Israel I'm now going to apply to Judah. So it's all over. <laughs> because as soon as you put the Lord's measurement on something, you can see how crooked and how bad it is. And um, so they are in big, big trouble. It says in this chapter that he filled Jerusalem with very much blood from one end to the other. Now you remember I was telling you that Isaiah was the prophet in the time of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was Manasseh's dad. When Manasseh becomes king, Isaiah is still the prophet. But guess what he does to Isaiah? Gets a saw and chops him in half. See, the very much blood that filled Jerusalem. We don't get that from the Bible, we get that from Jewish tradition. But in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about these people of faith, these great men of faith. It says, some were stoned to death, others were sawn in two. Well, that's Isaiah they're referring to right there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 37. And Manasseh is the one who did it. And it was evil, evil, evil. His son, Amon, is ter was terrible as well. We don't have all the details about Amon. It just says he was like his father. I remember watching a movie called Schindler's List. Terrible, well, probably a, a good movie to, if you want to get a bit of context about the Holocaust, but a terrible movie to watch as far as how it shook you up and made you feel. And in that movie, the, there was a commander of a concentration camp in Krakow, Plaszlo. My Polish pronunciations are probably not correct. But the commander of that concentration camp was Amon. Amon Goth, same name as this king here. And I always thought to myself, why would you name a person after this terrible, terrible king of Israel? I have no idea why they did that. But I'll tell you what, the, the commander of that concentration camp was just like this king here. If this king Amon was like his father, then that commander of that concentration camp was just like these guys, Manasseh and Amon.
terrible. And if you've ever seen that movie, you will know exactly what I am talking about. He, um, he, uh, that guy, Amon, was such a brutal guy that when a survivor of that concentration camp was brought to meet the actor, she, she started trembling because he looked, they'd made the actor look just like the real guy and just seeing the actor was enough to set this poor lady off. And so this is how bad it was, how terrible those memories were. Well, these were these kings. And the Lord said, I have set my plumb line against Israel, against the house of Judah. It's no wonder. And in this chapter, it says, the Lord had had enough. He said, I'm going to make both ears of people tingle. Now that there is a phrase which we found way back in 1 Samuel chapter 3, 4. And it's where little Samuel was a little, you know, the prophet Samuel was a little boy and the Lord says, I'm about to do in Israel something that's going to make the ears of everyone tingle. But now in this chapter, it says he's going to make both ears tingle. In other words, the thing is going to be even more alarming and attention getting. And what it was back in the book of Samuel was that the Philistines came, they destroyed the town that the tabernacle was in, which was Shiloh, and they took the Ark of the Covenant away. And here, the Lord's sending the Babylonians, and they're going to completely destroy Jerusalem, and the Ark of the Covenant is never going to be heard from ever again. They don't take it away, it's just lost. It's just gone. And so it's going to make both ears of everyone tingle. So the Lord has got no qualms at all about just shutting down the thing which was supposedly his greatest thing. And this, ta- this temple that Solomon built, which we calculated at being over $100 billion in value, the Lord's going to send the Babylonians along and just flatten it and destroy Jerusalem. It's going to make the ears of everyone tingle. Such were the sins of the people. You know, the Lord sent the Israelites into Canaan because the sins of the Amorites, the people that were there before, were so bad, and the Lord wanted them destroyed. But now... Manasseh is participating in the sins of those people, but even worse. Things have gotten really, really bad. The Lord has no choice. And the Lord is just, and we can be thankful that he's both loving and just. Because if the Lord was only love, if, I mean, by definition, loving require, love requires justice. Because if you don't care for those you love about, if you don't want justice for them, then it's not true love. And so justice was required to sort out these terrible, terrible, evil things. Now, I just want to finish by mentioning a thing called the prayer of Manasseh. And when we get to the book of Second Chronicles and we talk about Manasseh in more detail, we'll talk about this prayer in more detail. But Manasseh, believe it or not, repented at the end of his life and is almost certainly going to be in heaven, weirdly enough. The, the wickedest person in the Bible is going to be in heaven with you and me. <laughs> it's surprising, but there's a thing called the Prayer of Manasseh, which was inc- included in Bibles right up to the time of the Reformation, but the Reformers didn't think it was a part of the Bible, so they pulled it out. And um, it probably wasn't a part of the Bible. There's a whole discussion about this particular prayer. But I just want to read to you four verses, five verses, verses 9 through to 13 of the Prayer of Manasseh. Now, you put yourself in a position of this man who has been so wicked and so evil, and filled Jerusalem with so much blood, and the word of the Lord is so angry, and the Lord's now going to destroy the city. Put yourself in the position of a person like that who comes to their senses and realizes what they've done. Here's a bit of his prayer. Lord, I suffered justly 
I deserve the troubles I encounter. I'm caught in a trap. I'm held down by iron chains so that I can't lift up my head. Because of my sins, there's no relief for me. Because I made you angry, doing wrong in front of your face, setting up false gods and committing offences, now I bow down before you from deep within my heart and I beg for your forgiveness. I have sinned, Lord. I have sinned and I know the laws that I have broken. I pray, I beg you, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Don't destroy me along with my sins. Don't keep my bad deeds in your memory. Don't sentence me to the earth's depths. For you, Lord, are the God of those who turn from their sins. And there's more. It's, it's a really wonderful, sincere, and a terrific prayer. We could all learn a few things from the prayer of Manasseh. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to be like Christ. Help us not to be like Manasseh. Lord, spare us from these types of things. Lord, we don't even know how a person gets to that place, but I know it's by hardening the heart. Lord, help us to always have a soft heart, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.